0: What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of God and Government. So nice to be with you guys. If you haven't already, please share the feed on your timelines. Don't be ashamed. We talk about controversial issues. That's kind of fun, though. I feel like it's fun sometimes.
1: Isn't it, though? Yeah. Uh, what did Paul say to the Corinthian church? You know, we, we are despised, but you are exalted. <laughs> the, the Corinthian church was popular. The world loved them. Um, but everyone hated Paul. And he's kind of like, hey... <laughs> Share some of this with me
0: so, yeah. so maybe maybe you guys maybe you guys um, could stand to be a little bit more marginalized
1: Sharing our, our shame
0: It'll be fun uh, But anyway, welcome to the show This week we're talking about breaking the yolk um, The yolk, like an egg yolk No, just kidding, like the yolk Ooh, like an ox Producer Matt <laughs>
1: He's doing knocking great Knocking it out of the park this morning He's doing great now. I have a funny story about that Go, I'm ready I cannot name names but they might be listening. <laughs> they might be. I don't know. Um, so you know that old joke uh, where you pray for a hedge of protection? Yeah. Well, you'd be, you'd be surprised to know that some folks literally think it is... A bush. A row of bushes. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you see, we, we preachers might use these expressions, and folks that didn't grow up in church or don't know the little church cliches... Are trying to learn and we're not helping them out. Mm. Well, another one is don't be unequally yoked mm. with mm. unbelievers, right? You know, which is a wonderful principle, right? But uh, recently I shared it on my uh, on my Facebook with a picture of two oxen yoked. Okay, and they were like yoked. Oh, yoke, not yoke. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, an egg. Yolk. It's uh, <laughs> like a farming yoke, not an egg yoke. Mm. Well, producer Matt made that same mistake this morning. It's okay, or Matt. it was just a spelling thing. Something like that. one of those, a little bit of both, maybe both, <laughs> maybe
0: both of those. That's fantastic.
1: Well oh, done. We're man. right there.
0: We've all done it before. Yeah. It's all we've, we've all done, all
1: done it. it before. We haven't all shared it publicly on a live video, um, but something like that
0: with thousands of viewers, literally, literally
1: <laughs> hundreds of audience. thousands.
0: International podcasts. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If you guys are listening on the podcast, uh, we do live stream this every Wednesday at 11 o'clock on the Christchurch Media Facebook page. You can go and click in and engage with us, ask questions, yeah, get a yeah, little yeah, bit of yeah. feedback going. And for those of you that are in the feed right now, feel free to ask questions. Today we're getting into some good, um, heavy, controversial topics to kind of think through. It's kind of based on a sermon series that we're working through right now across our locations, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about... Um, what poverty ministry looks like, all the facets of it. Biblical poverty ministry.
1: Mm-hmm. i trying to get back to that. Right. That's right. That's right. We are exploring and considering what the scriptures say about the church and the church's involvement in ministry to the poor. Mm-hmm. Jesus cared for the poor, comforted the poor, nurtured the poor, fed the poor, healed the poor. And we have his spirit. We have to be engaged in the same. Amen. So Amen. God came to Adam and Eve. He preached repentance, warned them of the wrath. But then what did he do? He preached the gospel to them, demonstrated it by the sacrificing of that, uh, the animal. The but then what did they he wore, do? Yep. He healed and soothed the hurts um, of sin. Mm. I think that's a great threefold model. We have to be prophets. We mm. have to proclaim the, uh, the law and the gospel. But we are not fully um, accomplishing our mission Unless we come alongside and we soothe the hurts. Mm. Jesus is the good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. He delivers souls to our end, and we have to care for them. Right. Lift them up, provide homes for the homeless, food for the hungry, etc. Amen. So, um, But, you know, this sermon series also wants, and these shows here are designed to make sure that whatever we do, we do on a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Name the Christian institution that was established for the care of the poor that didn't eventually become humanist. Hmm. There were a lot of mission works and care for the poor in church history. Mm -hmm. Which of them remained faithful to Jesus Christ, to the atonement, to the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. over a 100 years? It's because they are established with cracks in the foundations. And we want to do everything we possibly can at Christ Church to not spin our wheels. Mm -hmm. We don't want to um, do things that sabotage our efforts. Right. We want to build on the rock so that our building might, you know, make it past a few storms. Amen. Amen. So that's what this sermon series is about. We've got a lot to learn.
0: Mm.
1: We've got a lot to grow in. And we have, um, you know, a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. But that's the goal. And this show today is specifically talking about what we believe the government should do what their part in ministry to the poor is each Mm. sphere has a part to play
0: right i'm three spheres just quick review you know we're talking about the sphere of the family the household right Mm -hmm. we're talking about the sphere of the state civil government Mm -hmm. and then we're talking about the sphere
1: of the church amen okay And uh, in the kingdom, all three within the kingdom of heaven have a role to play. Mm -hmm. Um, They have assigned duties and assigned roles by scripture, and um, we can discover what those are. And today, uh, we want to just say one responsibility of the government, the civil authorities, and that is they are called to break every yoke. They Mm -hmm. are to break bonds. They are to break the chains. Throwing eggs all over the place. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> they're egging the <laughs> poor. No no no, 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 no. We don't believe that the state is called to feed the poor, to feed the captives, but we do believe they're called to free the captives. Mm. And so there's a lot to say about this. We are going to um, try to make it applicable and practical today. But we need to do some qualifiers. Okay. Got some folks joining us? Yeah, we got 100, a handful of 200 people of in. folks. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I there's at
0: least a thousand people. Army right of now.
1: Christians on the march. Ooh do it. Pastor that's Joe right. asks, he came right out of the gate. Oh, he came right out with jokes. <laughs> right He's of got jokes.
0: Gate. He says, why do you hate poor people? <laughs> 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 no, all, we're already sweet. Oh man, I love it. I love it. More snark, please. More snark. Less nuance. More snark. We don't uh, have a marketing budget, fantastic. Pastor Seward. Uh, I but mean, there's
1: free marketing to have Do you not see all this fantastic I take that back <laughs> We have been able by the grace of God mm. And the generosity of listeners That's To true. purchase Microphones A small modicum Is that the word? A small Mon- modicum <laughs> Of equipment. (laughs) And we have producer Matt. i got to
0: Google this word. Modicum. 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 (laughs) What is... (laughs) I didn't spell it right. (laughs)
1: M-O-D-I-C-U-M.
0: Well done. That is correct. A small quantity of a particular thing, especially something considered desirable or valuable. I I would say that we have a... A modicum. A modicum.
1: Of production (laughs) equipment. production. We need a cornucopia. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love man. vocab I, I've so, noticed that yeah, I'm, I'm, picking a, I'm, it a, up. I'm a fan I used to teach vocabulary in English I, I've loved it um, So anyhow Anywho uh, We have to make some qualifiers though We need okay. to get started with some qualifiers okay. Okay. Because there have been a lot of people Who have been helped by government welfare Sure Sure However Plenty of Jews were helped by the Assyrians until they weren't. Right. Um, so we have to be careful. You know, When you build a house on the sand, you still have a house, mm-hmm. just not for long. So I would say there are going to be anecdotes and situations where the poor are helped, and there's also going to be situations where godly, honorable people are helped for a short time, Um, And then they break off from that bondage. Mm -hmm. But as a rule, we're talking about spheres here. We're talking about responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the government, with the sword, engages in welfare, it doesn't ultimately lead to much other than destruction Mm -hmm. and suffering. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. here's another qualifier. Okay. The government isn't solely responsible for this creation of this welfare state. Absolutely. Um, The church has um, played its role. I personally would believe that the church is foremost responsible, hmm. and that within the members of churches that the pastors, the shepherds, are the most responsible. What would you say caused that? What would, what I caused do believe the, the teaching of false doctrine, the teaching of truncated gospels, the, uh, the influence of secular um, doctrines okay. um, has led pastors to abdicate. And to no longer preach all of Christ and all of life, but instead to limit themselves to a small, a small uh, window of acceptable topics. Hmm. It's, it, it works together because that's what the people want to hear. That's okay. what the people will give paychecks for. Right. But the net result is that the church, and I do believe the family as well, have abdicated to some degree in this ministry to the poor and the government has seized upon the opportunity. Hmm. I wonder how much of it is like just pragmatic
0: from the, from the church's standpoint of trying, I want to grow a congregation, so I only talk about certain things, so I can have a successful church in the eyes of you know, growth
1: equals success that the world looks at. I wonder how much of it is that. Well, when the church partners with pragmatism, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it seals its fate. Hmm. When, when the church um, turns to pragmatism instead of the covenantal Lord... Who promises to build his church? Amen. Then the ch- then it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. It's just a matter of time, unless there's repentance. Right. So um, here's another qualifier: there are great people working in state agencies trying to make a difference. We're not talking right. about people personally. A lot of people don't know these things. They hadn't thought through these things. They're just trying to do their part. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not um, talking about any people in 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 you know particular. And we're not trying to offend anyone personally. Mm-hmm. we 're talking big picture stuff here, another one um, the the government well, this isn't a qualifier this is sort of a thesis the government government welfare um, has cracks in the foundation, so to speak okay. it 's founded on the sand it 's established under a false pretense um, that the government is called to care for the poor when in fact it 's not called to feed the poor it 's called to free the poor. And that's what we're going to get to today. Uh, the failure of government welfare is obvious today. Right. By just about any measurement. Well, nobody gets out of it. or True.
0: the very, very, very few, I should say it that way, actually successfully
1: get out of right. poverty. Let me ask you this rhetorical question. Ooh. You know, you like know how those. a charity is always judged by what percentage of every donated dollar makes it to the actual... You know, poor, mm-hmm. right? We, uh, my family and I, donate to um, Compassion International. Mm. They have a great rating. Like I can't remember precisely what it is, but it's like over ninety percent of every dollar, wow. like ninety something cents on the dollar, goes to the actual children mm. they are in- in- intending to reach. Like, what do you think the percentage of every dollar that is taken in taxes actually gets to a poor person? Very, very small. It's very small. Absolutely. I read one statistic um, in the 1980s. It was at about 30%. Wow. So just here, here's another rhetorical question. What do you think the future of Social Security is? It doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Why are <laughs> we still paying this? Right. Well, look, When the tapeworm becomes bigger than the host, it has to move up elsewhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, how about this one? What effects does charity, by sword, have on the family? have on the church what effects does wealth without work have on the soul of a man Mm. Mm. we could list these rhetorical questions and we don't have time to answer all these things or to thoroughly think through them but i think it's generally accepted especially in our circles that government welfare is fundamentally flawed well why don't we just try to fix it or reform it or try to make it better i don't believe that tweaks and um and little bits of reform and and restructuring are going to work because i believe it's fundamentally flawed
0: the very foundation the very
1: foundation is sand Mm. even just think this we will elect a republican president who is supposedly not for um government entitlements Mm -hmm. and for um the uh horror of the war of war on poverty that is unleashed in our in our state Mm -hmm. but even under republican presidents it just grows It continues to grow. It continues to get worse and worse. Um, Wasn't the
0: CARES Act like the largest government spending act that's ever been passed ever? Yes,
1: in the history of the (laughs) the entire world. Like That's crazy. So I don't think tweaking and reforming is what I think the church needs to be about, is providing an alternative. Hmm. We need to get ready. We need to get poised. If government, and this is sort of a qualifier, if government welfare were to shut down in one day, due to some sort of catastrophe or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, mm-hmm. millions mm-hmm. would starve to death because the church isn't ready. Mm. Families aren't ready. We have to provide an alternative. I don't think the way forward is revolution or political power or political maneuvering. Mm. I think the not way the forward... Not the right guy in office. It's not that. No, I think the way forward is providing a godly alternative that trusted Jesus Christ to multiply the bread and the fishes and provides this alternative which makes government welfare obsolete mm-hmm, mm-hmm. incrementally over time. I think that's the, the way forward. Um, of course, that's debatable, i This sure. is what,
0: what, like what we talk about on the
1: household and homestead. Reform starts, reformation starts in Amen. your house. In the heart, in the home, and then in society at large. Amen. If families began to do their part, if churches began to do their part, if families and churches rejected um, government welfare, mm and began to do their part, I think that's where it would start. Mm. Republicans love to blast on welfare, but they don't mind taking corporate welfare. They don't mind sure. taking their subsidized loans. They don't mind having their hands in the cookie jar. Mm. You, can't, you can't be freed from a god unless you stop taking the god's benevolence. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The mm. emperors and the pharaohs of old were called benefactors. Mm. They were the providers for the people. You can't overthrow a tyrant while you're still taking his bread. Hmm. You've got to pull your hand out of the cookie jar. You've got to repent. Um, th- that's where repentance in the church, in the family, is going to be the start of this. Um, so hopefully our sermon series and these shows will lead people to think through these things differently hmm. and give them a way forward. Amen. So, so what should the government do? Let's talk practically. Kay. Let's get into it. All right? I have a Bible verse for us. I'm ready. Folks ready for this? Um, let me Thousands see. of people let me are see. sitting on the
0: edge of their seats Ooh, right now, yes. waiting to hear this next stage. Joe's
1: here. Joe always adds wonderful things to the show. Joe should be our official. Do we have like a fact checker title? Can we give that could to could do it? our fact. I don't know if I want to unleash that uh, <laughs> on myself. <laughs> official cheerleader. Ooh, I like that. He probably wouldn't appreciate that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 58.6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen, the Lord says, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. I believe that is a great tagline for what the government should be up to. They have a sword for a reason, to break every chain, Hmm. to set the captives free, not to feed the captives, Hmm. not to enable the captives to maintain long lives of, of uh, idleness and sloth, mm-hmm. not to take the place of a dad, you know, not to disconnect wealth from work, but set them free so that they can work the land, so that they can bring in the sheaves, so that they can contribute and take part in this, this act of generosity themselves. Mm-hmm. And this is what I do think our government is actually doing the opposite. I believe they create bonds, they create bondage, and then they tax to fix the problem. Hmm. What needs to happen is they need to begin to break yokes and break bonds. Now, the question is, what precisely are the bonds that are holding holding uh, the poor, enslaving the poor? This is, you know, high-level, you know high intellectual topics, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I know some of the things that need to be broken, but I, I get these from people who are experienced and well-versed and scholars in this particular field. Okay. All right? Um, I'm not a scholar in the field of government policy as it pertains to the poor. Um, I'm underneath that, I do believe. You know, discussing isms and philosophy mm-hmm. um, and and vision and whatnot, um, but I have found a list of things which I think the government should do all right okay all right so that 's just a qualifier these are not um, it 's not necessarily success not three steps, to success, not three steps to success and and these are not from uh, you know i 'm not speaking ex cathedra here these are not from the uh, throne of heaven. Um, you know, uh, with a messenger of an angel <laughs> delivering these to me. These are complicated issues. You're not writing
0: a papal bull.
1: No, not at all. But I am. I do want to apply this concept that the government should set free, not feed, but free. Mm-hmm. That the government should um, protect, and the government should um, break every yoke. I want to kind of apply that to certain areas and see if it makes sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's take minimum wage laws for a second. Okay. Now. I'm sure that when that was established, probably in the 60s, if I had to guess, um, that it was well-intentioned, and maybe it needed to be done economically at the time. I'm not sure, but the mercies of the wicked are cruel, the Bible says, Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the lords of the Gentiles are also called benefactors while they lord it over you, they demagogue you, they also oppress you. This is how um, tyrants work. Mm -hmm. Hitler was known for feeding the poor and and bringing the economy back long before he started invading other nations, Hmm. right? This is how how, um, demagogues and tyrants work, right? So while minimum wage laws may seem good and may seem well-intentioned, I believe they actually are a bondage for the poor. Okay. Let's think about it this way. Okay. You know, how is it? You mind if I talk about you and your marketing business? Okay, go ahead. So, there's a set number of clients in St. Landry Parish. Right. There's already marketing businesses, correct? Yeah, there's a handful. Mm-hmm. How do you break in? What was your pitch? you got to be cheaper. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You got
0: to you got to come in and you got to say, "How much are they charging you? I can do it for less." I can do it for less. That's
1: that's how it works. That's entry level. Right. That's how you enter a, an industry.
0: And you you make nothing. I remember the first client we ever had paid us 150 bucks a month and we did everything for them. We gave them the planet. <laughs> I probably made like $2 an hour or something like that right? with that one. But from there, you know, we got
1: you got, stuff, you got more experience, you made more connections, you right. gained wealth and uh, expertise, things you could never have had mm-hmm. before you got started. That's right. You know, I always tell my son, I say, son, in your 20s, honestly, you're working to learn. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. going to be to like your 30s and 40s and probably not even 40s and 50s till you're working to earn. Mm-hmm. But you got to have an entry level. You got to have that point where you could break into the market. Right. And it always is. It is a market, after all. It is an economy. Mm-hmm. It's always, I can do it for less. Now, what if all the marketers in St. Landry Parish and in Louisiana uh, had a lobby in Baton Rouge, and they said, you know, all these clients are paying these marketing people cheap, cheap prices. Look at poor Stewart over there. He's barely making anything. We love him so much, and we really want to, him to vote for us. And so you know what we <laughs> need to do? We need a law that says Stewart has to make $100 an hour. Okay. All so. marketing has to be done for a minimum of 100 an hour. Hmm. Now, Stewart might like that, right? Nope. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some other businesses... You know, some barely making who has already it got an marketing people might love base, it. Yeah. And, and people who are already established making way over that, right? they're not going to mind. In fact, the people making 500 an hour, they'll be like, okay, I like that, because you know what it does. It drives their prices up, too. They can raise their prices, but what it does is it takes out those bottom rungs of the ladder. No longer can anyone say, I can do it for less. They might not have marketing skills worth 100 an hour. Mm. So what's going to happen? No one's going to hire them, right? It it takes away those first two rungs. Mm-hmm. It takes away that entry level spot. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that is where. Eighteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds, sixteen-year-olds, twenty-year-olds—that's their pla- That's where they operate. Right is entry level. Mm-hmm. They're not worth minimum wage sometimes. Right, well, <laughs> right. There's plenty of people right. I would love to hire. I actually can think of their. I can think of their names and their faces right now in my mind to do things for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But be, they're not worth anywhere near the minimum wage mm. because of the management that I will have to put over them. The oversight, the yeah. risks and liabilities involved, mm. the, mm-hmm. the risks outweigh the, um, the benefits. And so what happens? We don't hire them. And what do we say? It's so hard to find good people. Can't find anyone. See, this minimum wage law, although it purports to help the poor, I actually think it, it strips them of their job opportunities, especially from the age of 16 to 24, that entry-level age where you have strength, you don't have a wife or yet necessarily, and you don't mm-hmm. have kids, and you can say, I'll do it for less. Mm-hmm. All right? Right. Okay. Right. So I, I have done a lot of jobs. Okay. All right? Um, well, no, let's not get ahead of this, but I'll just say this one story. Okay, go. I quoted a job, a pond cleaning job. I clean ponds okay. for uh, extra money.
0: I have a pond for you.
1: One time, <laughs> let's check this out. One time I was on Facebook and I said, I can do it for less. All right. Sure enough, I'm at the job site working. I have a, a hired guy from the mission who, who works for less. Mm-hmm. He's a hard worker. We're working together, cleaning this pond out. Guess who shows up at the site? Hmm. The Pond Doctor, All right now the Pond Doctor in Acadiana is the dog. He's the he's the top dog. <laughs> he's the big guy. He's got the he's got hundred thousand dollar uh, equipment, and I'm out there with a pond fork and literally an anchor. We're throwing this anchor, and we're pulling in the weeds. Okay, <laughs> zero overhead, right? Right. Black market pond cleaning. Right. <laughs> Black
0: market. <laughs>
1: The pond doctor comes there. Unlicensed black market pond cleaning. They're trying to get my hustle on, okay? Okay. I'm I'm on the Dave Ramsey plan. This is a while back. I'm trying to get out of debt, all right? This other guy He's with me. He's he's still in in drug court. He's a hard worker. He's trying to get his hustle on, too. Mm. And I'm paying him good money because he's a a beast, all right? It's not easy to clean a pond out, all right? No. It's physically very taxing. I know this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So. the pond doctor comes, shows up in his big trucks, the, you know, all the, uh, the marketing on the sides of the trucks, he's got his workers, and he watches me. I'm still, he stands there and watches me, and he's like, I wanted to see who said they could do it for less. Because I represented to him a threat to his market, mm. to his clients, because I was coming in under his price by a lot. Oh yeah, and no he doubt. wanted to see if I had a shot. You see what I'm saying? He wanted to
0: see if there was somebody
1: else, which makes sense. Now, what if he? I ha- would do the he, same he, thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would show up and That's be like, fine. "Who said that?" But what if he made a, a deal with some law law people and said, "Poor old Brandon is in there like a slave, working like a slave, and this homeowner's paying him this little tiny bit. It sh- he should at least have to pay him a dollars Well, now me and the pond doctor are about the same rates, and I'm just priced out of business. I can't afford the overhead. I'm not about to get all those loans. While it seems like good intention, the logic of it, I do believe, is a yoke. I do believe it's bondage for the poor, especially at an early age when they're trying to enter into the job market. Then what happens? They can't get into the job market, and then they have kids. Hmm. And then they can't say, I can do it for less life starts to happen. They they miss those early opportunities. Hmm. So, let me ask you, would you take a risk? You got a business, right? Okay. I'm listening. Would you take a risk and hire a teenager? You didn't know them at all. You didn't know th- you, you didn't know them. I don't have a relationship. You see they're poor. You see they're poor and one of the aspects of being poor is you have no connections. Okay. 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 You know, connections are wealth. We take those things for granted. Okay. Alright. Folks listening to this? I hope Thousands. I hope people in our church are listening to this. I really do. Man, this so we, but anyway, would you take a risk on a teenager? You don't know them at all. They have no connections. Okay. All right? They don't have a dad. Okay. They have no education. Okay. They're probably socially unrestrained in some sense. Don't have a lot of experience. Probably not great with their hands. You know what but I'm saying? What teaching I'm teaching
0: him everything. Like he's coming in with nothing.
1: He's coming in with nothing. Yeah. He's coming in with nothing. Or Would it be easier to take a risk? Middle-class kid, grew up with a dad, knows how to fix a car engine, has an education, articulate, can spell. (laughs) 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 Knows how to spell (laughs) yoke. Zing. Which one is more risk, more work, more difficult? It's obvious. Yeah, well, the person with no experience. Well, you have to pay them the same, though. Mm. So who gets the job? The the latter. The middle-class kid. Right. The middle-class kid gets the job. He gets promoted. Mm. He gets the opportunity. He mm-hmm. gets to work alongside of you in an apprenticeship and learn a trade. Mm-hmm. Whereas the poor kid, because those bottom rungs are removed, he is stripped of his opportunity. Mm. Then he's told by the very same demagogues that take away his opportunity that Stewart and business owners like Stewart actually hate him. That's actually the reason why mm. they don't give him an opportunity, but, but will take care of you. We'll make sure that you get... We'll take care of you. There's your house. You get to live in your reservation. There it is. We'll pay for you. We'll provide all of these things.
0: Hmm.
1: The entire system is a bondage to the poor, Hmm. and it has to be broken. Whereas
0: if I could say, look, I can't even pay you because you know nothing. But if you come, I'll teach you everything you need to know. We'll buy you lunch. You know, we'll make sure that your bills are paid. I'll give you a place
1: to live, you and I'll give you food. Come and stay here. And you're going to work with me, and you're going to do everything I tell you to do, and you'll learn a trade. Yeah. Wow. That'd be now, a great trade. Now, you could do that. Now, here, let's, let's take this a little bit further. Okay. I started working when I was 13 years old. When did you start working a, a job where you got paid?
0: Before I could drive, so I was probably f- like 15, mm-hmm. something did like that. Did they give
1: you a W-2? Oh, so you mean like well, no, when no, no, I no, cut no, somebody's grass. No. You worked and you got paid. Oh, I mean, dang. What age were you? 13? I was young. That's, that's was young a young age young, to get young. started in a business, isn't it? It was like 12. Did they give you a 13? W-2? No. Child labor. <laughs> Illegal. Black market lawn care. Right? Did they have workers' comp? Not a chance. Did they have insurance? Did they have a 401K for you? Right. Did they have any of these things? Did they even pay attention to the minimum wage laws at all? Mm. No, they broke the rules. They, un- they, We understand instinctively mm-hmm. that we need to break the rules. But you see, why did they break the rules for you? It's probably because you knew them. mm. You had connections to them. Mm. You see what I'm or saying? Or they were family. Yeah. They were family. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So they didn't mind putting themselves out there with a little risk. They weren't afraid. You were about to, you know, come at them or whatever. Report them to the whatever to the trade commission. Or so something. they, you had a sort of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, underground mm. black market lawn care, where you disregarded all of these regulations. But you see, when you're poor and you don't have connections. You don't have that same liberty, right. not usually. Not usually. Right. You're, it's much more hampered. It's mm. much more hampered. You were essentially selling watches on the street corner in, with, in your jacket, you know, <laughs> getting your hustle on. Yeah, but you're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, here's another, another question: um, What if the church, however, came alongside? So th- this is big, big stuff. Mm-hmm. You know how the uh, the government has a Head Start program for yep. elementary school? Okay. Where they help kids get ready for school what if and, and of course they have trade schools that do a little bit of this what if the church came along and established a head start program where we were connecting people to jobs and we brought those two rung, those rungs back we put those rungs back
0: hmm. found a way to like coordinate apprenticeship set it up as contract labor
1: there's ways to do it to d- diminish the risk to some extent mm-hmm. to uh, allow the church would have to be. Wise, mm-hmm. shrewd, I might say. But there might be a way to put those rungs back so that somebody could work to learn for a season.
0: Well, it's already... So let me tell you, this already exists, what you're talking about, but it exists in a broken way. It's the, the local employment agencies that you see scattered throughout the very poor districts of cities. Mm-hmm. Um, they go... And if you notice those particular agencies, I can't remember what a handful of their names are, but what happens is they have a handful of people that sign up to work for the agency and the agency sends them to employers. The employer's benefit is now they only have contract laborers through an agency. That's good. They don't have to, uh, you know, provide workers' comp, meet a certain income requirement, none of that stuff. (laughs) And the check... They just write a check to the agency itself, and that pays the employees. So it's like a so they've buffer they've
1: created this, this whole like um, administrative bureaucratic system to get around minimum wage laws or,
0: well, or some laws? To get around the workers' comp, 401Ks, oh, insurance but requirements. But probably not the minimum wage laws. Not the min- they can't get around that. But there is, there is a rung like this that exists. Now, the problem with it, though, is that um, businesses are exploiting it to make sure that they don't actually have to... Have any type of connection to their employees, oh, so they go out of the,
1: they go out of their way not to hire people in, a, in, a, in a, a good and righteous and just way because they can do it this way. And then
0: whenever they need to let them go, they just fire them, and they don't feel bad. There's no, there's no relationship, there's no real there's no covenant, covenant between mm-hmm. the business owner and their you employees. See, you
1: see how the entire system is rigged against... If, if you're a middle class and you have connections and stuff, you just, that just happens for you naturally. Mm-hmm. That just mm-hmm. happens. Inside the church, we could create these bottom rungs. Yeah, I think and so, now, too. it would mean that we would have to be shrewd. Yes. And if everyone can work this logic out, you could see why, what it would basically mean is like what you were doing, black market lawn care. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, here's another one for us. What else should the government be doing? Ending the massive restrictions and regulations that, that goes under the title of licensing.
0: Mm, right. Say it again.
1: Yeah. Say it again. Now, this is all done in the name of the public good. And to some degree, there is probably some good that takes place, but they don't—they don't trust, uh, you know, the market. They don't trust freedom, so it's completely regulated and controlled. Mm-hmm. If you want to enter into a trade or a guild, or if you want to do certain things, you have to have a permit. You have to have a license. But what does that do to your entry-level costs? You know? So what does I that know, do for the
0: poor? I know people who were interested in pursuing the career of like being an electrician or a yeah. plumber. Sure. Or maybe even like a contractor. They were good with their
1: hands, but they right. didn't have a lot of capital to
0: mm-hmm. pay overhead costs. And in order to have a license as an electrician, you have to carry an enormous insurance policy on what you do. I think it's like a million dollars or maybe even more right. than that. Right. And you have to have all these other things in place. It's The startup cost, I think, is somewhere around like ten dollars to $15,000 just to start. That's right. And that's even uh, that might even
1: be before your apprenticeship, honestly. And your apprenticeship by law mm-hmm. it requires two years, and now we have removed the rungs mm-hmm. from the poor once again they, c- they can 't make it at entry level and it 's especially hurting people around uh, the sixteen to twenty five where they 're trying to get started working mm. and then they 're offered you know perhaps free money yeah. Why and you b- since they 're forced to go onto the black market anyway mm-hmm. well there 's things you can make a lot more money on in the black market than cutting grass you know? sure. the, in- the the system while it purports to help, is destroying, destroying the poor. There's got to be a way to be able to do this. And I'm sure people have recognized this and try some way to get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- let me I'm going to list some of the jobs that I've done in my life, okay? And still doing some of them. Taxi service? Taxi, Taxi service? Ser- yes. I have no license. <laughs> I have no insurance. I have none of those things, okay? <laughs> trash removal business. Pawn cleaning. Handyman services. I, when I was a Christian school teacher, I made fifteen thousand dollars a year. I was well below Wait, the poverty level.
0: Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen
1: thousand a year. <laughs> I lived in Section Eight housing, but I wasn't poor. I don't. I was financially poor, but I had connections and I had an education, hmm. so I wasn't poor in that sense. Right. I bought a navy jacket, uniform jacket from Goodwill, and I bought a panelled van, and I drove around like I was a handyman. Or a person who abducts children. Or <laughs> well, I had the name tag though. You know? Oh, okay. So, okay. and I, <laughs> I, hung flyers on people's doors and consulted with them as a handyman and fixed things around the house. I can remember getting jobs and going to YouTube. So f- <laughs> this was in the very beginning of YouTube; it wasn't much developed. You had to, you had to. It was difficult and figuring out how to tile a bath or how to replace a window. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was, I learned so much doing that. Mm. I painted homes. I did all of these things. Government was never involved. I would have never have been able to get into that handyman, pond cleaning, taxi service, trash removal business, lawn service. I would have never been able to do any of those if I would have played by the rules. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I was getting my hustle on. I I lived in Section 8 housing. I was poor as dirt. Mm. I had to do this. I had a wife. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If licensing and all these various restrictions were removed, how much overhead does it take to have a trash removal business or to run a taxi service? But you can't. And the, all these, these entry-level jobs are controlled by unions, and the unions love them some minimum wages because it keeps out the competition.
0: Mm.
1: So um, got another one for you. Go. Just two more. Then we'll be done. But Two I more. think people are starting to think what I mean when I say break every yoke. Okay. How about corporate welfare? Subsidizing corporate entities so that they don't have to innovate. They don't have to become more efficient. But, Brandon, they're too big to fail. Right. Like, like well, then what, ha- what happens, though? They get this money. They don't have to become more efficient, more productive, more innovative. And where, where they could have expanded, perhaps through innovation and productivity and mm-hmm. more efficiency, mm-hmm. providing more jobs, they're allowed to maintain the status quo. They
0: so keep mean, doing exactly what they've been doing
1: because I mean, we need them so badly to do what they we keep need them. doing. I mean, think about it this that's way: crazy stuff. these uh, these corporate this corporate welfare that's going out called PPP. I think it's called PPP or the, right. the uh, subsidized loans. Right. Um,
0: Payroll protection plan.
1: Who's getting these? Do you think poor business owners are getting these?
0: So you probably sh- can't even do the paperwork. Straight up, we applied for SBA, and they were like, no thanks. <laughs> wow. T- you don't
1: qualify. Really? It was really interesting. Was well, really well, what was the reasoning? Did they say? It doesn't or? say. It just says, rejected. <laughs> hmm. Who do you think's getting this money? You Not. know who's getting it. People with teams of lawyers, big businesses, people with CPAs. They're redistributing the wealth. It's corporate, it's corporate, corporate welfare. Hmm. Who's voting for it? You know,
0: everybody. Everybody's got their all hands in the cookie jar. That's yeah. right.
1: Everybody does. That's why when people start to think that you know we're crony capitalists or uh, corporatists, no, no, indeed, not at all. Uh, it's the same. We're not leftists or socialists, mm. and we're not crony capitalists. We're not either. saying
0: rescue the corporations at the expense of the poor. No, we're saying everybody needs to be free,
1: free, free, free the market, free the people, free enterprise free enterprise. I had no
0: idea you were a libertarian.
1: I'm not a libertarian.
0: Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> I mean, think about this. God creates Adam. What does he to give him? Work. A minimum wage? A set paycheck each month? No, he gives him land. Hmm. He gives him margins. He gives him a field. What did we do to the Indian population? Okay, first of all, in many respects we stole their land. This is not Absolutely. universally true. It's very, it was, it was true early on that Christians were buying their land. All right. But in many cases, their land was stolen. Then what do we do? We put them on reservations. You know who owns those reservations? It's not the Indians. It's the federal government. They're owned by the federal government in trust like a camp lease out at a you know, three-mile lake. That's gross. Yeah. Then everyone is given income. And what has happened to the Indian culture? Everyone mm-hmm. knows they're the lowest in demographics. They're lower, They're lower than immigrants. Mm. alcoholism, drug abuse. These were things that were beginning to happen inside of Indian reservations in the mid-20th century, 40s, 50s. It decimated their population. It wasn't until the 60s that we began to take these very same tactics and apply them to minorities in urban cities. This is, I really do believe that this is the heart of the uh, projects and housing units. As long as you obey the chief, you keep getting your money and your culture is decimated. We have got to get the, the government, the lords of the Gentiles who lorded over the people, out of the welfare business. The church, has a, the church wants to stand up for justice. This is how to stand up for justice. Mm. This is how to do justice. This is how to be a social justice warrior. Amen, Matt? Boom. Amen, man.
0: Let's roll. I love it. Amen. I got
1: one more idea, and you're going to like this one. Okay, go. Open up the inner city to industry. And retail, lower mm. the taxes, release the bonds, stop the Break code every restrictions,
0: stop the code restrictions. Yeah, we're running into this issue right now with a, a building that we're trying to lease. There's so many, and we just we live in Opelousas, and Opelousas is not a big, huge, bustling city. There's n- There's not a lot of red tape here, hmm. but there's not still enough red tape. To make the waters muddy to where you don't know exactly what's going on. Well,
1: like, but it's also a poor city. So the, the amount of red tape in proportion to the amount of your average income...
0: It's probably more. It's high. Yeah. So we have to, we're filling out occupancy permits and stuff like that for the building for the pregnancy center. We don't know if we're even filling out the permits the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's really available to tell us if we're filling out the paperwork the mm-hmm. right way. It still costs the same amount of money. It costs us like $250 just to fill the paperwork out and apply, mm-hmm. plus mailing all these things to people. And just what are to you get, trying to
1: do? Renovate... Uh, a uh, building, office yeah. right in the middle of the poor section of town. To help
0: pregnant women who are under-resourced. And it's like, it's, it is such a strange mountain. Honestly, we're all a little, like, shocked that this is something that we have to do that's in right. the first place. <laughs> you know? That's it's that's really right.
1: kind of mind-blowing. We but, have, uh, over in Lafayette, um, uh, a partner with our church, a friend of our church, is trying to establish a uh, daycare. Hmm. They moved from a dilapidated building that was small into a larger building. Right? In the poor, in one of the poorest sections of all of Lafayette, and it it has taken nearly two years to try to get opened. They, the city required engineers, architects, fire marshal codes, and some of this stuff has to be done for safety. But there was a time when people built that building without all of this. Mm. Mm-hmm. We could never, we couldn't rebuild downtown Opelousas if we wanted to. No. The codes and the regulations would not make it possible. Right. Um, the amount of costs to be able to build downtown Lafayette or downtown Opelousas again would be exorbitant. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to start a small business, they have a plot of land in a downtown area. They have a little plot of land. They want to start a business. Uh, think of the overhead, the zoning, the restrictions. Mm-hmm. How about let us set up a tent and serve snow cones? Absolutely not. Where's all your licenses and where's all your um, regulations and your permits and your fees and your building's not up to code? Mm. But just think of a community that provided those rungs for people, how much more bustling and how much more active it would be. Mm-hmm. Instead, what do they do? And instead, I think in many ways, um, they incentivize a lack of productivity. They incentivize sloth. They incentivize all of these um, buildings in these downtown areas absolutely vacant and run down
0: well the people who own the buildings that deteriorate over time
1: receive a tax break because their property has deteriorated in value but just check this out what if the government say? you know what we're going to establish this we're going to let this be a free enterprise zone we're going to lower taxes st landry parish has one of the highest sales taxes in the area 11 we're going to we lower this we're going to lower this sales tax so that everyone in acadiana knows if they come here sales tax they're going to not have to pay near as much sales tax i bet those business owners would be like maybe we'll start leasing this building out Mm -hmm. maybe we'll rent this out maybe we'll fix it up maybe we'll do it wouldn't if the government would set the people free i do believe a lot of good would be done Mm -hmm. they've got to they have to break every yoke they've got to remove all this bondage amen all right this is a long-term prayer long-term vision this ain't happening overnight but if the church isn't ready if the church isn't poised, what can we expect? Sure. We've got to be ready. We've got to be poised. We've got to have the sound theology, and we've got to get to work. Amen. I hope the folks listening have been blessed and benefited. Done.
0: Yeah, guys. Um, thanks again so much for tuning in and being a part of this God and Government podcast. Hopefully you guys have learned a lot. I know I have. I'm feeling super refreshed and resourced and ready to Roll get on this particular uh, topic. So Good news you, to the poor. If you guys um, are listening in our podcast, just a reminder that we live stream every Wednesday, this particular show at 11 a.m. on our Facebook page, Christchurch Media. Um, you can also email me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at com with any questions that you might have. You can find our podcasts on any podcast directory. Um, search for Christchurch Media there. You can also go to sermonaudio.com and pull up any of our sermons. Um Good grief. Sunday school classes, yeah. all these podcasts. All kinds of resources. Tons of stuff. If you are a you member of Christ Church, going.
1: your tithes and offerings pay for these resources. That's
0: right. Like, fruit's happening. That's good yeah, stuff. They pay for it. You ought to take advantage of it. Amen. That's take right. advantage. So, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. And I guess we will see y'all next time. See you time next around. time.